0: When I was growing up, my mother and father had a favorite phrase to uh, sort of cajole me and inspire me, and it was this. Paul, to whom much has been given, much is expected. And I always knew when I heard this that whatever it was that I just did didn't measure up, right? Whether it was the lawn, the trash, the bedroom, a science project whatever it was you know it, when i heard that i went oh no and they did this because they knew that i had a tendency to sort of mail it in you know i would do just enough to make somebody happy you know there's nothing wrong with a c plus mom and dad i tell them all the time it's better than a c and it's plus and that's good that's B, you know plus and uh not so much. You know, mom and dad had very high standards for what it meant to be a lunch And so, to whom much has been given, much is expected, was a credo, uh, and thank God it was a big part of my parents' upbringing for my brother and I. Today, in the readings, which all three, I would recommend that everybody after Mass find a time before the Super Bowl, sit down and read all those three readings over again. Because I know how easy it is for you and I to come in here and then your the readings just sort of go right over our heads because you know, we're messing with the kids and we're doing this and that. So go back and read them. But I'll tell you that today, Jesus Christ is for all intents and purposes saying that one, to whom much has been given, very much is, ex- is expected. He took the 10 Commandments of his father and because the comprides of the Pharisees and 2,000 years of the Jewish people following the 10 Commandments, And how they had watered them down and misappropriated it and moved them over here, they had turned the Ten Commandments into just checking the box. You know, as long as we didn't do such and such, where we could check that box, right? And Jesus is obviously amping this whole thing up. And he's saying that, yes, you heard this, but I am insisting on this. And the second this is at a much higher more converted of heart, manner, less rules, and far more intentionality. And that's what we're gonna talk about here today. I know that it's easy for each and every one of us to check the box of the Ten Commandments. Like for instance, keep holy the Sabbath, right? Keep holy the Sabbath. Well, isn't keeping holy the Sabbath to come to mass and be checking the odds on the Super Bowl the Chiefs are up one and down two? Right? And it's not, not, I don't think that passes mustard, right? No, of course not. God wants us to enter into the liturgy, to participate, to become part of the gifts that come up to this beautiful altar to Father, to lift up to the Lord as our sacrifice of praise. And so, no, that would not be good enough in the eyes of Jesus to pass that commandment. And so, Jesus is clearly saying, I have given you much, and I expect much from you. I will tell you one of the greatest, uh, most devastating things that has happened to modern-day Christianity, primarily in the Western world, is the concept that all I need to do is to proclaim this man, Jesus Christ, to be the Son of God, and that I understand that he is my Savior, and that I will be saved. problem with that is that it's false because it's a half truth. Satan is the master of half-truths. He always has been. He's really good at it. What was said was true, but left alone, it's false. Jesus wants to convert our hearts, convert our souls, turn us from carnal men and women into giving divinely created people who go outside of themselves to be the love of the Trinity, to all that we meet. We are not allowed to stay static. We are not allowed to just stay in this mail-in attitude. Yeah, I believe Jesus Christ is my savior. Yeah, he's he's God the Father, Son, and man, am I glad to be saved. Brothers and sisters, that's a great way to go straight to hell. You wanna know how? I know that's true, I'll tell you. Because Satan himself knows every one of those words to be true, he knows Jesus Christ is the son of God, he knows he's the savior of the world, and Satan is in no way shape or form gonna be in heaven with hopefully the rest of us. Not gonna happen. So see, we have to resist being lied to. And God is calling us through these three readings that I want you to go back and read. To understand that we have an expectation on our minds, our hearts, and our souls. And that God wants us to live a full life, a powerful life, a capable life. He wants us to turn the kingdom of God into a dynamic kingdom by you and I converting our hearts, not just mailing it in. And so we have to ask ourselves, you may say, well, Deacon, I'm trying to do the conversion. I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm really working on it. Great, praise God. But then I want to ask you, are you getting caught up in what so much of the world is caught up in? And they even reference it in the second reading of St. Paul, where he says that the wisdom of the world is not the wisdom of our Lord, and that the rulers of the world have not God's wisdom. And if you're like me and you're floating around in the heat of our world today, You're watching media, you're going to work, you're listening to the seminars, you're at school, you're listening to all the truths that are being espoused in those places from from our government officials, you're hearing that we have more than two genders. Well, that's just false. We have two genders, not 100, not 1,500, and I'm not here to pick on on anybody who might have a problem psychologically with their identity. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is allowing Satan to take a fundamental truth that God made man and woman so that it could become fruitful and multiply and change the world. That's true. He didn't make them into 47 other things. Let me make something very clear. God made us in his image. We are not making God in ours. God made us in in his image. We do not make him out of our image. And that's what Satan is doing. Another area that is just prolific in our world today is pornography. Jesus Christ brings it up in the gospel today, saying unequivocally that adultery and adulterers are not going to enter the kingdom of heaven, particularly the unrepentant ones right? And I'm telling you my brothers and sisters, I realize that with the internet and the world we live in today that adultery is rampant and rocking and rolling. And it is changing lives, it is changing marriages it is changing relationships it's warping hearts, it's killing souls, and it is destroying mankind. And our world tells us, well it's just what's going on Deacon. I mean every man I Get real. What world do you live in? I live in a world driven and passionately directed towards eternal life. That's the world that I want to live in. So my brothers and sisters, if you or your family member or anybody you know is suffering from pornography addiction or is watching that, recognize that that is a killing death sin. And it must be scored, purged out of us. And so we need to not uh, make fun of them or, or, or tear them down. What we need to do is recognize that this scourge exists because Satan created it. And what we need to do is support them, get them the help, get to the, the professionals, work with them, do everything we can to change this scourge, to yank it out of our society, particularly our spiritual community. Because my brothers and sisters, this along with the half-truth that this halfway to, the, to heaven must be put down. And we are locked and loaded. We are so blessed as Roman Catholics. We, have, we can do this, my brothers and sisters. We can do it because we have seven sacraments. Not three. Three would have been good. we got seven. We've got seven sacraments. The most powerful one on today's subject is probably Reconciliation. For when you and I do mess up, and it's going to happen, we are then repentant sinners. Huge difference there. Huge difference there. Lord, I want to move away from this sin. Give me the grace of this sacrament to avoid it in the future. That is converting one's heart. And that's what our Lord Jesus Christ wants to see. He gives us his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist that we are about to receive. God Himself enters into our very soul. Why? Because He wants to overwhelm all the stuff that's in there. And if we're willing to allow to happen, He will push it out. But we gotta ask, Lord, let me become more like you. Push this stuff out of me. I gotta, I gotta clean my mind, I gotta clean my soul, Lord. Give me the help, give me the grace. And He will. And for those of you who are married, you're in one of the most prolific grace. Sacraments that we have, every time you die to yourself, every time, <laughs> every time, well double points for cleaning toilets, every time you <laughs> fold laundry, every time that we give of ourselves to the other, grace is released. And so there is no such thing as a perfect marriage. We have to use that sacrament to spill out God's grace inside our very home for our children to observe and to want desperately to emulate. My brothers and sisters, we are locked and loaded. We, yeah, sure, we've been given a ton, and a ton is expected, but we've got everything we need to get it done. And lastly, the last thing that we have is we have this enormous spiritual community. 16,000 Roman Catholics just just call this piece of real estate a parish. 16,000 of us that can support each other, help each other, pray for each other, serve one another. Assist them in their addictions and in their changes of their hearts. Go on retreats with them. Do whatever we have to do to become closer to God so that you and I can change the world with the help of our Lord Jesus Christ. What an awesome set of readings today. Go home and read them. Let them change your life. And then let's all come together in this sacramental life and in this beautiful community and let Jesus Christ create us again. Amen. I'm tired, may God continue (laughs) to bless you.